Welcome, everyone. We are about to begin. Be'ezus Hashem, Feedback and Insights, number 34. Email address, shalombaya777 at gmail.com. Before we start, just a small point. The Torah in Shir Hashirim especially connects the, the, the Kesher between HaKadosh Baruch and Knesset Yisrael, sometimes with Achoisi, which is sister, sometimes Imi, mother, sometimes Biti, daughter, besides, of course, beloved as a wife. So husband and wife, and we're going to talk about this hopefully in the future Shiurim, in that um, there are all those dynamics in a marriage too. You know, the Icarus, course, of course, is Rayosi, the Ishanisha relationship, but even within any marriage between an Isha and an Isha, there is times where you view the relationship as a brother-sister relationship in the most positive way. And for you who have um, the husband who has uh, sisters that he's very close to and feels a special affection towards them in a certain way, or a wife that feels that way about a brother, they could extrapolate a lot of those uh, feelings and affections in certain instances and situations in a positive, positive way in the marriage relationship as well, only using it, of course, in positive ways. Same thing with a mother. It may seem strange. You know, there's a generation gap there. You know, so you, you don't look at your wife as your mother or your husband as your father or vice versa, you know. But the bottom line is, is that there's a certain purely unselfish love uh, that a mother bestows on her children, a certain protectiveness, a certain guarding them from all harm. And that type of hergish could be extrapolated and felt in a marriage dynamic too. Uh, you know, like, uh, give you a very, very basic muscle. If um, cholila should not happen, but if, let's say, the wife gets the flu, you know, very high fever, and the husband's taking care of her and uh, giving her um, tea and uh, just helping her out as much as, as much as he possibly can, and, uh, you know, if she's tar, then it's easier. If she's not, it's a little more difficult, but either way, he does as best as he can to care for her. So he's nurturing her in a sense, like a mother, and vice versa, a wife to the husband. In, in that case, where where he's uh, ailing, and she takes care of him this way, it's sort of like a mother-child relationship. Although it's not, it can't be used in unhealthy ways. You know, we talk in they talk in psychology very often how it's unhealthy for a son to view his wife as a mother. That's true, but there are healthy aspects, like the case I just gave you right now. Where in those instances, in the marriage dynamic, it could be a very, very um, positive thing. The same applies as, a, as with a daughter or a child. You don't look at your wife or your husband as a child. But in certain it, situations where you know your child is vulnerable in certain, certain times and you guide them and you are gentle with them and you give them the unconditional care and they feel protected, sometimes in a, in a marriage dynamic too, when one of them feels that way, feels somewhat lost, feels somewhat like a child that, you know, at certain aspects, it feels overwhelmed and you're the soother and you're the one who's um, comforting in that sense, you're you're using the positive part of that dynamic in a marriage. So again, that's a very important side we'll talk about in Be'ezus Hashem and Future Shiurim, where you use all these 
terminologies in Shashirim that are not generally husband-wife terminologies. Sister-brother, mother-son, daughter-mother-daughter, and uh, so on and so forth, um, to use it in the most positive ways. And um, it's part of the Vahaftal Riacha Kamaycha, and it's part of the Kamayim Panam Panam also, that the more you give, the more you get back. So that is one concept. But the main topic here, we're going to talk about how marriage can be a goldmine of opportunity, side by positive action and even by silence. Healthy silence in many situations is a goldmine opportunity, a tremendous opportunity. Not only that it avoids some negative things, but it's a positive thing in and of itself in many, many cases, as we're going to explain. Now, marriage provides endless opportunities to do so many mitzvahs on very deep levels. And um, just by directing, you know, your energies and treating your husband and your wife with kindness, with consideration, it brings with, with that kindness and consideration treasures and gifts that will be carried over for generations to come. The children see it and they'll perpetuate that behavior and carry it forward. And if you remember that, that marriage, despite all the bumps that may happen, is still a goldmine of opportunity, not, not only for spiritual shlemus, but for physical joy as well, it'll be a lot easier to handle the challenges that come up with, you know, in marriages. Uh, because what happens a lot, unfortunately, and we all know this, that there are some people that are very kind and very polite away from home, but then become very rude and very unpleasant at home. And um, that shows that their public actions are a display. It's not really true chesed. No matter how much of a klal person you are, and it's in chesed, um, because the chesed at home is the most appropriate place where chesed needs to be displayed. At home, that's the yisoid. You need that yisoid. We talked about it in the past too. And um, you have to know that. Even in mundane life, mundane day-to-day things, uh, where, you know, with nothing really special or out of the ordinary, unusually uh, remarkable is happening, but a simple day-to-day chasadim that you do for your wife or for your husband, you're acquiring great shlemus by doing that. And the negative thoughts and feelings that sometimes happen in a marriage are transformed ultimately into positive feelings and friendship and love as long as you continue to be in that process of trying to give and be as kind as possible. And if you view marriage as that gold mine of opportunities, then tests become easier. The Nesionites do get easier when you approach marriage as a joy, as an opportunity. And that does not mean you have to be perfect. does not mean you should even try to be perfect. And um, sometimes also, this is um, another thing in marriage, very important, part of the gold mine, the opportunity to express feelings at times when you need to express it. And uh, I know it's not easy, especially for many men, some women, but many men. They feel very vulnerable when they say words that have true feeling in them or they acknowledge a weakness in them and that they're 
sharing to their wife, that puts them in a very vulnerable situation because they can easily get humiliated or being looked down on if they're honest. And it takes a lot of courage to express those feelings. But if um, the wife is a mature, uh, considerate person, when the husband does muster up the courage to express these feelings, it can be truly healing, that understanding. Um, I'll give you an example of this. Let's say a husband is trying very, very hard for Parnassa. He really, really is. He's just really struggling, and his salary's not that great right now, and he's, they're having trouble making ends meet, and he feels very down about it. He's trying, he's trying, he's looking, and still he's struggling, and, and, it's, and, it's, and he has pain from it, and he knows his wife's under stress also because she can't afford some things that she really could use. Or sometimes, um, you know, she would like a gift for Yunt of something special, and uh, it's hard to provide for that. And the husband, if he just swallows his pride or just says these words and, and feeling, I, and, and he tells his wife something like this, you know, I wish I could afford to give you a even more beautiful present, you know, than I gave you. I just simply didn't, can't afford it. I wish I could give it to you. Or I'm sorry I haven't helped you enough in the past. Or I'm sorry I raised my voice before, ever. Or, or said something I shouldn't have said. I really feel sorry about that. And now, if it's said honestly and with humility, and it takes a lot of courage because a spouse could react in a negative way, you know, you know, and uh, just blow you away, and then they'll feel a lot worse. But if your spouse has the maturity to take that apology or sentiment or feeling and... Um, be humble about accepting that. And, and then, you know, and, and you saying these things with a humility and with an honesty, ultimately your spouse will love and appreciate you more. You know, if you're haughty and you're arrogant, um, then your wife will likely detect more and more faults in you. And if you are humble and, um, you know, with a certain degree of healthy humility then most likely your wife will think a lot more highly of you and will more be um, inclined to overlook your flaws. And vice versa, true. Uh, the other way is true, too. You know, if a, if a wife is arrogant, and, um, you know, then the husband will detect more faults in her than if she's more humble and understanding, then he'll overlook those faults. It goes both ways. And part of this is also avoid lying. Be truthful, as honest as possible. And that, because lying breaks the bond of a healthy marriage in a major, major way. Now, we're not talking about those situations where it is mutalashanis with me'ashalim. Some things, because of sensitivity, you could bend the truth. You know, vaniza kanti. We're not talking about things like that. We're talking about things that are really, really, you know, the basic things of where I was today, what I was doing today, how you feel about a particular, you know, thing that is extremely important, um, where the, the, the honest feelings have to be, and, and facts have to be brought out. And there, you have to be honest with each other as much as possible. Be totally honest with each other. And 
And also give credit if something, if, if your husband or wife, either one, had some truth to tell, and that truth was unpleasant. It was very hard for them to tell you. Uh, they did something that they're kicking themselves about that they really shouldn't have done, and, um, and they're afraid to tell you. But they muster up the courage. My wife should know about this. My husband should know about this. And uh, they tell them, you know, the truth is this and this happened. And I feel bad about it or whatever the case may be. That, that strengthens the bond of trust in marriage. Yes, your wife may get initially upset at hearing whatever that, ha- that was. Or your husband may be initially upset, you know, you know a mistake that, he, you know, that she made that uh, he's, he'll be upset about hearing. But at the same time, if they're honest with each other and they, um, so initially they may be upset, but on the other hand, they could talk about it. And then there is like, I appreciate that you are honest with me. I know it was hard for you to say that, but to be honest about this thing, and I appreciate that you told me. You need to do that to encourage further honesty and truth. That's one of the reasons, by the way, why Amy Yaseira is a tremendous problem. If someone places, if let's say the wife makes a mistake of some sort and the, and the husband just blows, blows his top or vice versa, again, goes both ways, then it will be more likely that next time around they'll hide their mistakes from their spouse because they don't want the wrath to be poured out over their heads. While if they're understanding, then they'll be more inclined to be open and honest when they make a mistake because they know they're not going to get their heads chopped off they may get an expression of, oh, I wish you would have handled something differently, and that's okay. It may be somewhat unpleasant. That's also okay. There's nothing wrong with healthy communication on truths, even if they could be unpleasant, as long as they clear the air and they could ask each other forgiveness and say, let's work on it, you know, going forward. And that actually saves many marriages, creates a healing and a much stronger bond. And tefillah is a big part of this. Part of the gold mine too. It's a tefillah for marriage. You tefillah, you ask for courage to ask mechila. We talked about that before. You ask tefillah for the courage to accept forgiveness. And that's very hard when you feel hurt. When you feel very hurt, it's, it's, it's difficult to forgive. And you ask for the courage to please help me to forgive even though I feel hurt right now. And that's the key to success in marriage and thanking Hashem for every chesed in marriage that comes, that comes a very, very long way in making a marriage strong and making a marriage beautiful. And shuva helps making amends. And um, even if in the past, this is part of the gold mine, by the way, even the terrible mistakes of the past, even if we have not treated our wife or our husband properly until now, you can always repent. You could always start anew. And um, and no matter what was done in the past, if you're genuinely sincere and you start behaving in accordance to that sincerity and that regret and start behaving better, your spouse will soften up. Your spouse ultimately will accept your tshuva and will accept you as a person and you, because they'll realize you transformed yourself for the better. You got better. Even if you struggle a little bit here and there as, as you're working towards it, but you're really, really working hard and you're really trying to change and you are changing. And when you want to change, 
You change not just with just saying the words, but you have to change, of course, with actions and commit to the change. And it's not just talk, you mean business, and you tell that to your spouse. And then you start acting that way and say, I did this and this, which I normally wouldn't do. And everyone mistake makes mistakes in marriage. Mistakes could also become a gold mine. A gold mine, which is very hard to say because some of these mistakes are very painful. But it could be a gold mine if you learn from them and go beyond it. So don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. You have to be willing sometimes to accept criticism that comes your way from your spouse or from somebody else. And as long as you're willing to work on yourself and make those healthy changes, if you're willing to do that and you commit to doing that, then even the frailest and weakest marriages will become stronger and they'll flourish. So we talked about various ways how marriage could be a goldmine of an opportunity by action, various types of actions. But now I'm going to tell you about how silence can save your marriage. And there is a high madrega of silence, of speech. Of course, we know positive speech is very powerful. But sometimes, by being silent, when one party is really um, upset, and you accept it with serenity and with acceptance, you're exemplifying, in a certain level, what Aharon did after the deaths of Nadavaviu. Now, again, you can't compare it. There's a lahavil there, obviously, because what Aharon's silence was in a very high madrega. He just saw the death of his two children, which were tzaddikim and bayidim, uh, and he was quiet. But everyone acquainted his own level, and then again, they're not blamed for being overwhelmed sometimes. We're not handling every, anything, everything right when the situation comes up. But it's very important that every person who encounters tragedy or even whatever difficulty it is in life, and all of us, all of us from in one time or another experiences things like that, these types of losses, and you're able to accept it without complaint, that shows a strong belief in Hashem. And... Um, you become ultimately, even though it's painful, but by internalizing that emuna, realizing Hashem is doing what's best for you, even though it's difficult now, you ultimately will become spiritually uplifted, even joyous, a certain simcha you'll experience, maybe not right now when the pain is still raw and fresh, but over time, as time passes by and you heal, you'll realize that even those difficult moments had very deep meaning and there was some beauty to it and it was a gift. And reacting appropriately uh, when these things take place is a very precious thing in the eyes of Hashem. Hashem loves you very much for it. Now, chas v'shalom, we don't want to experience tragedy. May Hashem protect all of us from experiencing these type of things. But we need to know that when they occur, or even, let's say, common day occurrences, you know, even when we're not dealing with major upheavals, but simple occurrences of life, of annoyances, inconveniences that are so, so common, and we can learn to handle those situations with a certain sincerity, with a certain grace. So, for example, it's, it's, it's common to be annoyed by something your spouse 
does or says. And the common response, what usually occurs, is you just let your spouse have a piece of your mind. You let him have it. But before you do that, before you do that and you let them have it and just let loose, you need to consider if there's any long-term profit to be gained from that outburst of anger. 9.99 out of 10 times, there's no long-term gain there. Only long-term, only long-term damage. Yes, it'll help you uh, let off some steam, you know, for a while. You'll feel a little better, you know, because you, you were like a pressure cooker and then you blew up, so uh, you let it, you know, you let it out. But it's a temporary feeling of relief, but ultimately will harm the relationship between you and your husband or between you and your wife. It's best to be silent at the moment and perhaps later when you're completely calm and your husband or wife who yelled at you calm down, you can have a constructive, helpful conversation about what happened and to find healthier solutions going forward with more kindness so that these things could avoid it. So basically, in a nutshell, to put it very simple, as a general rule, Keeping silent when you are angry is an excellent policy to follow. That is a gold mine. And it's it's a tough one, you know, because you don't feel great about that. You know, when you find gold in a gold mine, you're thrilled. You're rich and you're thrilled and you're on seventh heaven. Over here, you know, you don't feel like you're on seventh heaven. You feel miserable. It's it's cr- It's a crummy feeling for most of us that are human. It's not a it, it's not a good feeling. You don't feel it right now, but it is indeed a true gold mine. It'll be a source of simcha ultimately. So keeping silent when you are angry is an excellent policy to follow because it will stop you from saying things that you will regret. Another big side that deserves really a separate sheer and a separate many, many shiurim. And Blined, if I don't get back to it, um, you, you, Chashva Yidin out there, both men and women, remind me to talk about this again. Because this is such an important side. And again, some of this is from that book, Beloved Companion, by Pesach Friedland, I think his name is. Great book, highly recommended. Again, I'm just a malakit here. Uh, nothing I say is is my own. It's all gems from others, and all all the credit goes to them. But here is a yesod to always remember: never criticize your spouse for something beyond his or her control. Again, never criticize your spouse for something beyond his or her control. So, for example, when you criticize your spouse about an accent, now you could say that a spouse could sort of work very, very hard to get rid of a, an accent they have because they came from somewhere else. But for the most part, it's very, very difficult to uproot. And that accent, to a certain degree, will always be there, and you have to learn to accept it. Same thing goes with looks. Yes, you, could, you, you, know, you want your husband or wife to dress better, you know, to be more, to do what they can to be more attractive. Um, if that's important for, to you, of course, 
you could talk about it and improve upon that. But the etzem looks that you look a certain way versus another way, because Hashem created you that way, that's beyond his or her control. Same thing with learning capabilities, for the most part, or talents for the most part. Some people have certain talents and some people don't. Like I say, I always was jealous of, 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 of artwork, how people could draw these beautiful nature stuff, and I can, you know, have zero talent in that area. But again, you don't criticize your spouse for something beyond his or her control. And because these are things, again, that people cannot improve upon, there's no, it's totally pointless to harp on it, to be negative about it, to be upset at your spouse. Uh, for what? It'll cause needless pain that has zero TLS whatsoever. So ultimately, uh, this was a pretty packed feedback. has a lot of, lot of different yesitis in there because it's just the general topic of how marriage is a goldmine in so many instances. But uh, the last part, besides what we just said now, of never criticizing your spouse for something beyond his or her control, please remind me to be marich on that. But learning to be silent, to be silent when appropriate, is a skill it's a wisdom. It's, by the way, like we talked about, you could ask for this skill in Chachma Binavadas, the fourth Brachashmanasri. You need the wisdom to know when to be quiet. And it's an extremely valuable asset in marriage. It's ju- not just a non action. That's something you need to realize. When you think a hundred times before you speak so that you don't chalila hurt your husband or wife by what you may say, that's not just passive. That's not considered... Pa- it seems like a shava altase. You're just avoiding a booby trap. You're avoiding an obstacle. You're going around a pit. It's not just that. You're actually bepoil and actively strengthening your marriage. You're building something there. It seems like with the silence, you're a non- there's a non-action. But it is a very positive action just like most lavim are also when you say it seems like you're doing nothing and you're doing tremendous things by you're not abstaining from something and the same thing over here where you could have said something when you were agitated and you did not you are creating a, 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 a opinion you are doing something tremendous you're creating, you're planting seeds for future simcha be'ezus Hashem that each of you would, could see be'ezus Hashem b'mehera b'yameinu. Amen. Have a wonderful day.